Well, good morning, Woodville. Happy Palm Sunday. I greet you today from our home to your home. Well, today I wanna share with you a message that I've entitled, Indispensable Worship. And we're gonna look today at a great passage of scripture in Luke chapter 19. This is the story of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. I wanna talk to you today about five components of a worship that is indispensable, of a worship that is absolutely necessary. The first thing I wanna share with you today is indispensable worship is something that you do. Indispensable worship is something that you do for God. Indispensable worship is not something that God does for you. It's something that you do for God. We're gonna to learn today that worship is more than a song that we sing. Worship is actually an action that we do. And so I wanna take you to Luke chapter 19. Let's pick it up in verse 28. It says here, after Jesus had said this, Jesus had just talked to the disciples and shared some truths. It says he went on ahead up to Jerusalem. He's on his way to Jerusalem and the disciples are following him. Look at verse 29, as he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, the disciples and Jesus are on their way to Jerusalem and they're nearing these two small villages, Bethpage and Bethany, which are just a few miles outside of Jerusalem. And they're now near the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives, that's the place where Jesus gave his Olivet Discourse. The Mount of Olives was the place where Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane and prayed. The Mount of Olives is the place where Jesus ascended to heaven after his death and resurrection. And the Mount of Olives is the place where he will come back in the second coming. We come now to verse number 30, where Jesus had something for these two disciples to do. He said, go to the village ahead of you. Go to this village ahead of you. And as you enter it, this is verse 30, you will find a colt tied up there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. Jesus is so specific in his details and his instructions. In verse 31, he says, if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You say the Lord needs it. Underline those words, the Lord needs it. We'll come back to that in a few moments. In verse 32, those who were sent ahead went and they found it just as he had told them. And then in verse 33, as they were untying the colt, the owner asked them, why are you untying the colt? And then in verse 34, they replied, the Lord needs it. You see, the first thing I want us to get in our spirit today is an indispensable worship. It's something you do for God, not something he does for you. And in our text today, Jesus asked two of the disciples to do something. And I want you to see that they responded obediently. They didn't just respond obediently, they responded immediately. They didn't just respond obediently and immediately, they responded precisely to what Jesus asked them to do. And lastly, they responded willingly, obediently, precisely, and immediately, and willingly. You see, as we're walking through this season of the coronavirus, I've got a feeling that God's gonna speak to me and God is gonna speak to you and he's gonna ask you to do something specific. And I wanna share with you at the very beginning of this message that indispensable worship that is absolutely necessary is a worship where you do something for God 
obediently, precisely, and willingly, and immediately you do exactly what he wants you to do. Let the Lord speak to you in this season. Let him show you things that he wants you to do and respond with worship because worship is more than a song that you sing. Worship is also an action that you do. Indispensable worship is something that you do for him. The second thing I want to share with you, not only is indispensable worship something that you do for him, indispensable worship is also something that you give to him. Indispensable worship is something you give to Jesus, not something that he gives to you. Indispensable worship is not about receiving. Indispensable worship is about giving. And we're going to explore three gifts that I saw in our text that they gave. Two of those gifts are found in verse 35 and verse 36. In verse 35, it says they brought it to Jesus. What did they bring to Jesus? That's the donkey. We're going to talk about the donkey in a couple of moments. And then it says they threw their cloaks on the colt. Those two disciples took off their cloak and put it onto the donkey. And we learn in verse 36, as Jesus is going along, people spread their cloaks on the road. Number one, the donkey. Number two, the cloaks. When you read about the triumphal entry in the Gospel of Matthew, you also read about the palm branches where they cut down these palm branches and laid them in front of the donkey that Jesus was driving. We got the donkey, we've got the cloaks, and we've got the palm branches. For a few moments, let's talk about the donkey. And I wanna share with you three things about the donkey. Remember I told you to highlight those words, the Lord needs it. I mean, those two disciples go to that one village and they find the donkey and the donkey is tied up and the owner's saying, why are you untying my donkey? And they said, the Lord needs it. And he let them take their donkey. In those days, there was a custom, it's called Angoria. And Angoria simply means that a king could go to your house at any time and procure any of your possessions. Anything you have, if he needed it for his service, he would ask you for it and, and, and ask you to give it to him, and then he would take it, and you had to give it to him. That's the reason why when those two disciples went there and, and they're starting to untie the donkey, and the owner said, why are you untying the donkey? And they said, the Lord, the Lord needs it. And the owner immediately let them take the donkey because it was for, it was for the king. And, and he knew that Jesus was going to be the king and Jesus was the king. You see, when we worship, there's gonna be times that God wants you to give something to him because it really actually belongs to him. I've learned in my life, everything I have is not mine, it's the Lord's. And he's asked me to be a steward of it. And he wants me to release back to him what he's already given to me. There's something else about the donkey. I mean, they go and untie the donkey, these two disciples, and we learn in our text that the donkey wasn't broken. It wasn't tamed. You ever ridden a donkey before? I haven't. But I certainly wouldn't want to ride a donkey that's never yet been tamed. I'm told it takes a lot of weeks, a lot of time, a lengthy period of time to tame and gentle a donkey. But in our text, they bring a donkey that was not yet tamed or broken. And Jesus gets on it, and it's a smooth ride into Jerusalem. You see, when Jesus got on the donkey, the donkey immediately submitted its will to Jesus. 
I want to be obedient like the donkey. I want you and I to quickly submit our wills to Jesus. Well, there's a third thing about the donkeys because the donkeys in those days had five specific purposes, five, amazingly five. Well, number one, it would be their tractor. That's right. They'd be out in the fields doing their agriculture. The donkey would be the tractor that would pull their equipment when they were working on their land. It was their tractor. Number two, it was their method of transportation. It was their motorcycle. It was their car. (laughs) It's the way they got around on the donkey. Number three, it was their shopping cart. How did they move stuff around? They would put it on the donkey and the donkey would bear the stuff that they were moving. And then there's number four, the donkey was their companion. That's right. It was their animal. It would be like their pet. And lastly, believe it or not, the donkey would actually be like their guard dog. (laughs) You see, donkeys in those days were very important to people. And the two disciples come and say to the owner, the Lord, the Lord needs it. And the owner immediately released it to the king, to Jesus, willingly. And and he released the most important thing that he owned to Jesus. When you worship God, sometimes you're going to release the most important thing to him. And then there's the cloaks. I mean, in those days, the cloak was an outer garment. It was long. It was their spring coat or their fall coat. It would go right down to their feet. Sometimes it had sleeves. Sometimes it didn't. But here's what I want you to know. Everybody in those days, they didn't have a lot of cloaks. They had one, one cloak. And in our text, the two disciples that went to the donkey took their one and only cloak and put it on the donkey for Jesus. And then everyone that day in the crowd took their cloak off and laid it on the ground for there to be a royal possession, possession of Jesus going into Jerusalem. They gave all that they had, their only cloak, and they gave it for Jesus. You see, when you worship, when you worship, you, you, you sometimes have to give what's most important to you, realizing that what's important to you, you need to release it to Jesus. And that's what they did in our text. Number one, the donkey. Number two, the cloak. But then there's number three, the palm branches. And by the way, we don't read in Matthew that they waved the palm branches. They cut them down and they placed them on the road that when Jesus came in, it would be like a royal procession. It's like they're rolling out the red carpet. And in those days, when a, when, when a king had won a military battle and was coming back into the city, it was common to cut down the palm branches and lay them for the royal possession because they were a, a symbol of victory. The palm branches was layered with meaning. It represented, number one, victory. It's like they were declaring that Jesus was their victor. But I'm also told that the palm branches were also representing joy. And so when they laid the palm branches down, it teaches us that that worship is an expression of joy. Our joy is found in Jesus. But then there's another thing. The palm branch represents peace, peace. They would wave palm branches, peace. Jesus is our Prince of Peace. And lastly, the palm branch would represent life-giving because they would grow near water, life-giving. And don't we know that Jesus is our life-giver? So you see, number two, number one, we learned that that indispensable worship is something that we do. And number two, indispensable worship is something that we that we give the donkey, the cloak 
and the palm branches. I mean, the, the, the donkey was expensive and the cloak, the cloak was essential and the palm branches were an expression of worship. And we learn today that a worship that's indispensable is sometimes something that we give to him, to Jesus, not something that he gives to us. But then there's number three. Indispensable worship is also something that you say. Something that you say to God, not something that God says to you. Indispensable worship is what comes out of your mouth to God, not what comes from God to you. Look at verse 37 down to verse 40. It says in verse 37, when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, he's, he's at the road that's going down the Mount of Olives. Look at this, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in a loud voice. I mean, in the culture of that day, Jewish people were really expressive in their worship and very loud in their worship. It says they started to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. The day's gonna come that this coronavirus season's gonna end and we're gonna come back. We're gonna be worshiping in our main auditorium someday and I got a feeling it's gonna be a party. I got a feeling it's gonna be a joyful party of expression to God, but don't wait for that moment. Let praise even today, right now in your home, flow from your hearts. It says here they praised him joyfully and loudly for the miracles that he had done. You see, when you praise God, you are praising him for what he has done. But I don't want you to stay in praise of praising him for what he's done. I want you to move to worship. Praise is when you praise him for what he's done, but worship is when you worship him for who he is. Look at verse 38. What came out of their mouths? It says in verse 38, they said, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And in Matthew, it says, they also said, Hosanna in the highest heaven. Hosanna means save us now. You see, these words come from Psalm 118. That was a messianic psalm that Jewish people would recite at the time of the Passover. But in this triumphal entry, Entry. Notice this, they're praising God for what he had done, but then they started to move to worship, and they started to worship God for who he is. You see, we don't worship him for what he's done. We worship him for who he is. And so I want you to see today that sometimes an indispensable worship is something that we say to God. Now, I want you to look, please, at verse number 39. Some of the Pharisees and the Pharisees in the crowd, they said to Jesus, teacher, Rebuke your disciples. They had had it. They didn't like the loud ruckus. They didn't like the shout of praise. You better put a muzzle on your disciples. And in verse 40, Jesus said, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Jesus was saying, go ahead. We could stop them, but I'm still going to be praised. The stones will cry out. I think that would have been the first rock concert ever. What I don't want you to miss is, first of all, indispensable worship is something that you do. And then number two, indispensable worship is something that you give. And then number three, indispensable worship is something that you say. I want you to share with you number four. Indispensable worship is something that you feel. Something that you feel on the inside, deep inside of you. 
And I want to take you to verse number 41. We're going to see three things in verse 41. It says, as he approached Jerusalem, there's, there's proximity. He's come down the Mount of Olives, he's on the road, and he's really near to Jerusalem, and, and he's close to Jerusalem, proximity. It says, and he saw the city. He saw the city. Number two, there's, there's a perception. And he wasn't looking at the buildings and he wasn't looking at the glamour of Jerusalem. He was, he was perceiving and seeing the, the Jewish people that had lived in Jerusalem. There was, there was proximity and then there was perception. And then it says, number three, he wept. He wept over it. And the, and the Greek word that's used here doesn't mean he sobbed quietly. It, it actually means he sobbed loudly and it was deep. It's like a, a deep cry within him. Jesus was so broken. I want you to picture for a moment on that Palm Sunday, one week before his death and his resurrection. It's the beginning of the Passion Week. And he's going into Jerusalem and he's now right at Jerusalem and, 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 and he sees Jerusalem and, and he starts to sob and he starts to cry and he, and he starts to weep and he's so broken on the inside for the Jewish people. He's broken. You see, sometimes we spend our times presenting our burdens to God. But I believe worship is when God gives his burden to us. And I'm finding myself lately saying, God, break my heart with what breaks your heart. Break my heart on the inside with what breaks your heart. And you see, worship is something that you feel on the inside. And I want to challenge every one of you today. Let God burden you with his burden. Many of you have been burdened for the people who, 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 who are sick now with the coronavirus. Begin to intercede and pray for their healing. Many of you have been, been burdened with praying for the people who are battling anxiety and the people who are battling feelings of isolation. And you've been burdened also for the people who have been laid off and the people who are, are unemployed and trying to pay their bills. And, oh God, would you burden us with what burdens you? Because worship. Worship is sometimes something that you feel deep on the inside. Oh God, would you break my heart with what breaks your heart? You see, number one, worship sometimes is something that you do. Number two, sometimes um, indispensable worship is, is something that you, you, you give. And then sometimes indispensable worship, number three, is something that you say. And then number four, indispensable worship is sometimes something that you, you feel. But then there's number five, indispensable worship is something that you believe. And I wanna take you now to verse 42, down to verse 44, and I want you to read, please, with me. What did, what did Jesus say as he was near Jerusalem? And as he's looking over Jerusalem and he's crying and he's weeping, what did he say in verse 42? He said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but, but now it's, it's hidden from your eyes, the day will come upon you. This is verse 43, when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. Look at verse 44. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. You see, in those days, there was many 
many, many, many Jewish people that wanted Jesus to show up on the white horse as their militant conqueror to set them free from the, the Roman oppression. But, but Jesus, Jesus didn't show up in Jerusalem on a white horse as the militant conquering king over the Romans. He came riding, as the Old Testament book of Zechariah said, riding on a, on a donkey, riding humbly on a donkey, entering into Jerusalem because you and I know Jesus wasn't coming to conquer the Romans. Jesus was going into Jerusalem to conquer the sins of the world. But Jesus was broken because the Jewish people didn't see that. They didn't realize that. They had missed the time of their visitation. And then he started to look into the future and he saw something that history records happened and actually AD 70, 70 years later, where literally Jerusalem was besieged for 143 days by, by a man named Titus and his legion. This Roman guy, Titus, and his legion literally surrounded Jerusalem and, 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 and they captured Jerusalem and they, they blocked all the people in Jerusalem. They kept them in there. They sieged and surrounded and hemmed in the city for 143 days. And then they literally went in and no stone was left unturned and the temple was destroyed and Jerusalem was left in ruins. And Jesus, as he's in this triumphal entry, was broken as he looks over the city of Jerusalem. And his heart is broken because he knew that they had missed their time of visitation. And so you see number, number five, sometimes indispensable worship is something that you that you believe, something that you believe deep on the inside of you. You see, the world today is in chaos. The pandemic of COVID-19, is, as you and I know, has swept the world and anxiety is, is large and, and, and the world is uncertain. So much is going on. But, but you and I know that people are looking for a hope and they're looking for an answer. And I want to share with you today I want to share with you today, perhaps you are, you are a guest watching this service today from the city of Ottawa or across Canada or from around the world. I want to say to you, your hope and your answer to life is found in Jesus. And I want to encourage you that a worship that is indispensable is a worship where you sometimes just need to believe and receive and ask Jesus into your life. I want to ask you a question of today was the day that you died and you stepped into eternity. Do you know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven? I don't want you to think you're going to heaven. I don't want you to hope you're going to heaven. I want you to know beyond any shadow of a doubt that you're ready, you're ready for heaven. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see the greatest gift that God has given to mankind is the gift of his son, Jesus. And so 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to the world for you and he died on a cross for you and they put him in the grave and on the third grave, he was raised to life. Jesus is the answer. I want to ask you today, have you asked Jesus to be the center of your life? Do you know that you're ready for heaven? 
And if you can't answer those questions with a definite yes before I close this message, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus in your life. And I want to lead you in this prayer. Would you join me? Dear Jesus, I ask you into my life. I pray that you would forgive me of my sins. I receive you in my life today. I want to live for you and serve you. I pray this now in Jesus' name, amen. Perhaps you prayed that prayer for the first time. You've made the best decision of your life. And I would invite you to connect with us. You'll see options of how you can do that on our website and on Facebook right now. And we want to engage and encourage you. And if you don't attend a life-giving, Bible-believing church and you are in the area of Ottawa, I want to encourage you to connect with us and you can join us back on site when we're back worshiping on site. But you could also join us online and we'd love to help you in your new faith journey. Reach out to us and we will reach back to you and we will help you in your new faith journey. Well, friends, today we have looked at the subject of indispensable worship, worship that is absolutely necessary. And we've been reminded today that worship that is absolutely necessary involves five things. Number one, sometimes it involves something that we do, we do for God, not what God does for us, but what we do for God, because we've learned today that, that worship is more than a song we sing. Sometimes it's an action that we do. And then secondly, we discovered that indispensable worship sometimes involves something that we give. We've learned about the donkey and the cloak and the palm branches. What would God want you to give? And then number three, indispensable worship is sometimes something that we say. We say to God, we praise him joyfully and from our heart to him. And then number four, we learned that indispensable worship is something that we feel deep on the inside. My prayer for you is God, would you break our heart with what breaks yours? And then lastly, we learned that indispensable worship is sometimes something that we believe. And I believe there's literally hundreds of you that are watching right now that you've accepted Jesus Christ into your life. And if you don't live in the Ottawa area and you want to find a Bible-believing, life-giving church, contact us and we will help you find a church in your area. Well, I want to pray for you. And then I want you to enjoy this next song of worship. And I invite you just to celebrate and worship in this song. And then after that worship song, we're going to celebrate family communion from our home to your home. So you can get that wafer or that bread ready and uh, that juice ready. And we're going to celebrate communion together. Let's bow our heads. Father God, thank you so much for our time this morning in your words. I thank you, God, for the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. And I pray, God, that these scriptural truths would resonate in our heart. And I, I pray that everyone today will be challenged to deepen their worship life, to live out a worship that is, that is indispensable. I pray that you cover and protect everyone. And I pray your blessing on all. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. Well, Evelyn, we never thought the day would come that we'd be celebrating communion with our church family here in our house. And uh, we welcome you being a part of our home today. 
And uh, it's just great that we can celebrate communion together. And it's the first Sunday of each month in our church dynamic that we celebrate communion. We didn't want to miss this moment. And so I would encourage you in your house to gather your family together. And moms and dads, have your children beside you and let them be a part of this communion experience. I think this is a great teaching time. And in just a couple of moments, I'm gonna read the communion passage of scripture. And then we're going to celebrate with sharing of the emblems together. And then honey, if you'd be so kind to, at the end of our time to lead us in prayer, we've got many people in our church family walking through stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's people in our church family who've lost their job in this journey and trying to pay their bills and we want to pray that god would god would be their provider god would be their provider mm -hmm. and we got people in our church family that have symptoms of the COVID 19 virus and they're they're scared they're nervous and we want to pray that god would would be their healer yes. and we want to pray for our church family that uh, that in the midst of COVID, we would be covered mm -hmm. that we'd be covered by our god and there's people watching online honey in our city our nation around the world and we want to pray for all of you today. We, we believe in the power of prayer. We believe nothing is impossible with God. Well, friends, when it comes to communion, this is our opportunity to look back and be reminded what God has done for us by sending his son, Jesus. So we're looking back today and we're, we're remembering that Jesus paid the ultimate price for our sins when he went to a cross and died for us. We're also taking time to look within and to examine ourselves and to make sure that our hearts are right with God. And then we're looking ahead to that great day when, when Jesus is coming back and someday he is coming back for his church. What a, a great day that will be. Well, Paul taught us about communion in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He said, for I receive from the Lord, which I also pass on to you, the Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and when he had given thanks, he, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And we want to invite you in your home to take that bread or whatever you have to represent the body of Jesus, which you're holding on to right now. It represents the body of Jesus. And we're to do this in remembrance of him. So we want to invite you in your home to take the bread and let's partake together and let's do this in remembrance of him. And then Paul teaches us in his writings to the church of Corinth that in the same way after supper, referring to Jesus, he, he took the cup. And as Jesus was in that upper room with his disciples, Paul said he, he took the cup and uh, he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And so the cup of juice that we are holding on today represents the blood of Jesus. And blood represents life. And may we never forget that Jesus shed his blood. He gave his life for us so willingly. And I don't want this, we don't want this to be a simple little tag on at the end of our service. We actually want this to be a, a fresh and a real reminder that Jesus paid the price for our sins when he died on the cross. So let's together partake of the cup of juice that represents the blood of Jesus.
Well, I want you to do something in your home. You might be alone in your home, but um, you might be gathered with your spouse. You might be gathered with your children. And uh, I want to invite you as a family to come together. We, we really need each other in these moments. Many of you are feeling very isolated, very lonely, very cooped up. And I want you to join together as a family and maybe put your arms around each other and or maybe join hands together. And as your, as your pastor, Evelyn and I want to pray for you today. We want to believe God with you, that the God who's with us in this season is a God that will bring us through this season. And honey, as I mentioned, there are people in our church family that have sickness in their body. There's people in our church family, even in the last few weeks, have had a loved one pass away. There's people in our church family, they're not sure how they're gonna pay the bills. There's anxiety level is high and, and the list goes on. And we want you to know we love you. We love you so, so much. And we, we miss you and we're praying for you. But honey, before we close this service, would you pray for our church family and pray God would reach down and meet each one. Father, we come to you today. We thank you, God, that you are our strength. Thank you, Jesus, that as we have just celebrated communion, that you died on the cross for our sins. We thank you, God, for our redemption in you. We thank yes, you that we can celebrate life in you. Yes, we thank Lord. you, Jesus, for the hope that you've given yes, us, Lord. that we can rest in you, that you promise to be with Amen. us in these storms, oh God, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Yes, you God. surround us with your peace yes, and protection. Lord. And I pray today, oh. God, that you'll pour into each home, God, that they would have Lord. such a deep sense of your presence with them, Father, that you have promised to never leave us nor forsake us, that you surround us with your protection, that you promise to pour in your peace upon us, the peace of God that passes all understanding would keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. I pray today for everyone that's going through different circumstances, Father, for this uh, pandemic that we're in, God, you are with us, you are with us in all areas of our lives. in everything that we're walking through today, whatever concerns that they have, God, that you are with them. You promised to go before us to make these crooked places straight and we're believing for breakthrough, Father. I pray for those that are walking through sickness today, that you will pour in your healing, God. You're the God who's able to do exceeding abundant above all that we can ask or think according to your power that's at work within us. I pray, oh God, that they would sense your presence, your healing in their bodies today for those that God are going through anxiety that they would have such a deep sense of your peace over their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus we stand on the promises of your word today that you are with us that you pour in your peace among each and every one today God for those that are in the front lines that are God out there I pray oh God that they would have such a deep sense of your protection of your peace and your power at work within them surround them and protect them. For those that are calling up for wisdom, God, in our leaders, I ask for wisdom today that you would direct and lead by your spirit. We thank you, God, for all of our families today, for each each home would sense your presence and your peace. I pray for the children of God in these times that they would not be anxious, but in these times they know that they serve a God who loves them that is with them, and that, God, you are in control. You have never left control. Yes, Lord. 
God, I pray your peace over each and every one, that each one would sense your presence in their home today. And God, that hope would rise up. Faith would be there for them to believe, not fear, but faith to believe that all things are possible with you and you surround us. In Jesus' name, we declare it over them today and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, you, honey. Well, we love you, church, and just know that you are prayed for daily and may God's blessing be upon each one of you. Well, thanks so much for joining us this morning. We trust that you were encouraged by our time in worship together and that you were challenged by Pastor Mark's message as well. Um, If you're currently not attending a church on Sundays, we would definitely be honored to have you join us back uh, each Sunday. Um, Want to let you know what we have going on uh, this Friday, Good Friday. We have one service at 10 o'clock, and uh, be sure to join us online for that. Pastor Mark will be sharing a message entitled, What's So Good About Good Friday? Next Sunday is Easter, and so we have a service at 9 and 11, um, and Pastor Mark will be sharing a very timely message entitled, The Greatest Comeback Ever. Well, thanks again uh, for tuning in. We're, We're honored to have had you join us And uh, we just hope that you have an amazing rest of your day. We're praying for you. God bless you.